Welcome to the Pin 12 Podcast, a show discussing the most decorated conference in college wrestling, the Big 12. I'm your host, Lee Cawthorn, joined by my co-host here, Sam Phillips, from uh, snowy Minnesota. Sam, what's going on? Not much, Lee. I'm excited. You know, got through the holidays, got getting into a routine. We got a tasting of some good Big 12 on Big 12 action last week, along with some other really fun uh, non-conference duels. And then this week, we've got more of the same a whole platter of Big 12 on Big 12 duels, as well as just duels, duels, duels with a couple teams going out to Virginia for four dual meets. So plenty of dual meet action coming up. Yeah, it's dual season. So, you know, there's there's a lot of things to talk about, a lot of recaps to give, but then a lot of action coming up. So we're uh, really excited for this time of year. Duels are exciting. Uh, just just plain and simple, they're more fun for uh, people who like the teams more than the individuals, right? So a um, lot to talk about, a lot to go over, and uh, I guess we should probably dive into it. This past weekend, uh, there was quite a bit of Big 12 action uh, from several different teams. Wyoming had an interesting trip to Iowa, um, taking on you and I in Iowa State, the, the, the great Big 12 Iowa road trip. Uh, didn't, didn't go too well for the uh, Wyoming Cowboys, did it? No, it didn't. And really that road trip hasn't gone too well for many people this year or last year. So I think it's just a tough tour right now, a lot tougher than it was say five years ago. And Wyoming, you know, they went out there where they had, uh, you know, they finally got Jacob, Wright. He's was looking healthy and he goes and takes a loss to Derek Holschlag for three. That was a third period takedown from Holschlag that put him ahead. He got in on that shot. It was like a minute 15 left in the match, really long extended uh, wrestling there. Good job by the ref, not still meeting it because there was some good action throughout it. But uh, Holschlag got the, got the takedown with like 15 seconds left. I want to say, and then rode out for the win. That's got to be one of the better wins of Derek Holschlag's career. And if you're a Panther fan, you've got to be excited about what he's been doing at the 157 spot. And then the other, uh, you know, a sort of bigger match there in any Wyoming duel is going to be Hayden Hastings at 174, but we didn't get to see Lance Runyon for the Panthers. So that's always a disappointment. And I guess I can't skip over 141. Joe Greenwood gave Kale Happel all he could handle. And I think Greenwood had a takedown early in the first period that was not called. And it'd be, you know, it's, it's not as simple as saying, oh, well, he had a takedown in the first and he lost by two. So that changes the outcome because it was super early in the match. That's going to change every everything from that point on. But if you give Job Greenwood a 2-0 lead, it does completely change the match. For sure. And Greenwood is uh, having a sneaky, uh, bright season for the uh, Wyopinks there. Uh, has some some really strong wins. Um and uh, his his losses aren't necessarily the, the worst losses to to Matt Casimir and now Kale Happ, um, so he might end up being a, a bright spot for the uh, Cowboys there and uh, being a good addition for them at 141, getting forced up from 133 last year might be able to get his uh, uh, first qualification of his career uh, for Wyoming. So so good for him. Um, you know, I, it's not a it's not oh, it's a moral victory for sure over a guy like Happel, but um, yeah, that, that is one bright spot for uh, the Cowboys and their weekend. Yeah. Uh, a not so bright spot came in the Iowa state duel at 174. Julian Broderson hit, uh, I want to call it a high flyer, kind of like that Gator bacon that Dylan Ness used to hit 
and or like what we see Tanner Cook hit, similar to that sequence. And Hayden Hastings sort of posted with his forearm, and there was just so much force behind that that as he went to his back, he got his shoulder crumpled up, and mm-hmm. it's did not look good for Hayden Hastings. Hope he's able to be back this season. I haven't heard a prognosis, but that's definitely someone that you want to see in the lineup for the Wyoming Cowboys round of 12 wrestler last year. Going to be really unfortunate if he's not able to get back on the mat this season. Absolutely. Especially considering, I think this is his last year of eligibility. So um, would, would be a real shame uh, to go out that way. So hopefully, yeah, I'm sure they're going to do everything they can to get him back on the mat. Um, he should be able to qualify again for the, uh, fifth time and um, uh, do well there for the uh, Cowboys. So hope, hopefully he's back. Hopefully they uh, get him taken care of up there. Um, uh, not really. We've oh, got yeah. some other injury news. Uh, sounds like Kyson Tarakina is going to be done for the year for the Cyclones. Dresser said in his pre-meet speech that he gives to boosters before the Wyoming duel, I think it came out. So Tarakina, they thought he'd be able to go with his shoulder, ended up deciding the best route was to go get surgery. He's been out since the all-star meet. So technically his last match wasn't since Cal Baptist, I want to say. So he is in good position to get a medical red shirt, but with Corey Caban being out until February, at least that 125 pound spot is pretty thin for the Cyclones right now. That's yeah, that's definitely a concern for the Cyclones moving forward, but they've been really good elsewhere um you know which we can probably go ahead and, and talk about their the their other match of the weekend they they obviously beat uh wyoming but they had a, a close duel there with arizona state as well uh you know a lot of close matches and um on paper it was uh it was an interesting duel and, and it turned out being even more interesting in real life didn't it? As, as it usually works yeah really i mean that was just bizarre to see a team win the first five matches and then the other team win the second five. I know my brother was in Hilton for that and he texted me after and he said it did not feel like they just beat uh, the number three team in the country. But you take it, you know, there haven't been many wins as uh, over highly ranked teams like that for Iowa State recently. So as they're building back up, you've got to take it as you can get it in. You know, I think that a bit of that is also the perception of where the dual meet started. If you finish with, the upper weights for the Cyclones just racking up those bonus points, then that's going to change your whole perception because that's what you're leaving with as a last impression. So Jason Kreiser goes out there, looks good. 7-0 win. Couldn't get the major over Wilner. David Carr looked phenomenal against Tony Negron with his tech fall. And Julian Broderson finished up his strong weekend with an 18-5 major decision victory over Josh Nummer for the Sun Devils. And then we got that Marcus Coleman versus Montalvo match. Coleman gets his first career victory over Montalvo, the former Oklahoma State Cowboy. And that was really, uh, it was still a match into the third period. It wasn't really put away until then. So as a Cyclone fan, you're glad to see Marcus Coleman shut the door on someone who's kind of hanging around. Younger Bastida also gave the Cyclone fans a scare. Did you see the clip of him getting put to his back, Lee? I sure did. Yeah, that was a, a wild sequence for sure. I had I had this one on concurrently. I had to watch the Oklahoma State duel on my phone. Yep. So, um, I had this one on uh, concurrently and in the lead up to the OSU duel, and um, that was a, 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 a quite a sequence for sure. Younger uh, got into some trouble there, and then um, 
what a match that was. I mean, the, the final score tells you an interesting story there, 24 to 11, uh, still getting a major decision uh, as it turns out. But um, that was a wild one for sure. Yeah. She might need to buckle up every time younger Bastida steps on the mat. I, I'm starting to kind of figure that one out. Yeah, absolutely. Man, that I think every Cyclone fan had their heart drop as younger Bastida got high flyer to his back and then somehow fought out of it and really just chipped away, chipped away at that lead until finally he came away. I mean, gosh, he had to have like 10 takedowns by the time it ended. So uh, some good resiliency from him there. Sam Skyler wrestled a tight match with Colton Schultz. Got really, he ended up losing three to two. You know, looking back at the match where he can flip that result is first period, 0-0, Sam Skyler is in deep on a shot for an extended period of time, just couldn't finish Skyler or not Skyler. Schultz is super strong in that front headlock position and sort of, he's also got, uh, it's not necessarily a front headlock. He'll go almost like a deep waist to kind of get you off balance if you're in on his leg. And that really helped Schultz there. And then Schultz gets his own takedown to in the first period to make the difference. 125, like we mentioned, Cyclones getting deep in the depth chart. I think true freshman Ethan Perryman is probably number three on the depth chart, but he's only got two dates left. So with Caban Band still out for a little while, they decided to throw Caleb Feasley out there. He's a kid who's been in the program for a really long time. Um, fourth year in the program for Feasley and really was a bit unheralded uh, coming out of high school, never won a state title in Iowa, but was like, you know, had phenomenal records was placing third, fourth, I think every year at state throughout his high school career and just stuck around. And one thing I remember from watching him in high school is he's always in super good position. And that's what happened in that match with Richie Figueroa kept him in that match. I know, after uh, Connor Nopic got major decision by Ricks of Wyoming on Saturday, a lot of Cyclone fans were expecting to give up bonus points here. But Figueroa comes out with just a seven to five victory. And Feasley actually had a, they're on their feet. He had like 10 seconds at the end to try to tie the match up, just didn't happen for him. And then 133, Mikhail McGee is just really good. And Ramazan Adesayev not on that level right now. For sure. I mean, it, that's that's nothing to against, you know, Ramazan, um, but McGee's a, a semifinalist, you know, he, he's one of those guys that's been around and um, is a high finisher and um, is quick on his feet. And, you know, the Russian just kind of, it, it's, he'll get there, I think. He's shown a lot of good signs. And uh, I think he showed some some interesting guts here against McGee, uh, quite frankly, and, and limiting the um, result and keeping it to a decision. Yeah. So then uh, I think the real reason most Cyclone fans walked out of that duel, maybe not quite as, or feeling like there is something left there is 141. Casey Swiderski loses in sudden victory to Jesse Vasquez. Vasquez, we already know, uh, took out Alan Hart in the Missouri duel. So I guess he's just got a thing for knocking off big 12 wrestlers that he is not supposed to beat. And that was a match that saw just a lot of freshman mistakes from Casey Swiderski. He cut Vasquez loose with like 20 seconds left in the second period. I don't know why you don't just write him out there. Wasn't able to get the, almost got the takedown, but didn't. Um, and then in the third period gives up a locked hands with like three seconds left to send it to OT. 
Swiderski was clearly gassed, asked for the challenge brick, you know, kind of looks like it was, uh, I need a break. Let's have them look at it kind of brick. And the coaching staff wasn't having it. So he went straight into sudden victory and Vasquez pulled him in with a single leg to win that match. And I think that's a match Swiderski is going to learn from. I think the, with Dresser saying, no, you don't get to decide when to challenge. I think that's sort of something that Dresser will do with a freshman. But if it was Marcus Coleman saying, hey, he didn't lock, I didn't lock my hands, he might throw the brick there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just experience coaching from KD. And then this is a lesson for Sadursky, right? Like, you need to wrestle smarter and have a bit more mat awareness. Just plain yeah. simple. This is a freshman. It, you can chalk this one up to a freshman mistake against a very good wrestler in Jesse Vasquez. Yeah, it also seemed sounded like he didn't get a good weight cut in, so that may be where some of the conditioning issues come from as well. Sure. Uh, it, again, freshman problems, right? Like that's yep. just managing weight, uh, uh, staying healthy, making sure your mat awareness is where is there, making sure you know where you are, where the time is, where the score is, all that stuff. Um, things that Swarovski is going to get better at, but uh, you know, you're going to take some lunch your freshman year when this comes to. It's better to take them now than in March. Yeah, absolutely. And then the Cyclones dropped another sudden victory, one with Panero Johnson taking his second loss of his career to Kyle Parco. And this was a really fun match. Um, Panero Johnson and Kyle Parco, both some shorter, stout guys, and looked in, looking in like underhook, overhook situations. So Panero Johnson... I think Parco got the first takedown and then Panero got two takedowns and it looks looked like he was going to open the match up. But at the end of the second period, Parco got a takedown on an inside trip out of those over-unders and that ended up being what sent it to overtime. And then Parco was able to secure a takedown in sudden victory and another match where Johnson looked a little bit gassed, not, definitely not to the degree that Swiderski did, but just seems like freshmen need to get over some humps and, you know, get to that next level in the grind of a season that we all know the college wrestling season is. For sure. I mean, and Parco's a good wrestler. So, you know, and this is a continued thing for Pinero. Um, he, he's taking really, really, really good wrestlers to overtime or beating them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is uh, definitely something that um, he, he's been good at. And, uh, you know, I, I think, as an Iowa State, if, if I was an Iowa State fan coming out of uh, Hilton, there, I, I'd be pretty encouraged about some things that we saw. I mean, obviously, 125 is rough. Um, um, 141 was dumb mistakes. 149 was, uh, you know, it, it's just a lot to a really good wrestler. Um, but you had really good results at 57 and 74. Yes, uh, quite overmatched against Arizona State there. Um, but for those guys to go separate and he, he had, uh, uh, Kreiser didn't get the major, but he you know shut out uh, an experienced wrestler there from Arizona State. And once any four Broderson getting the major, um, those are your weak points, right? So getting those uh, uh, results this weekend from those two guys is definitely a uh, a good um, a good thing for Iowa State. And uh, kind of to me, uh, when you start off at 157 and you dominate the way that Iowa State did for five weights, that's uh, a really good sign as well for development and for everything else. I mean, I think Iowa State's clearly the favorite in the Big 12 right now if we were to stack it up uh, between them and Missouri. Yeah, I also want to add, Dave, just reiterate how good David Carr looked. He got to that right side single leg at five or six times in that match. 
it felt like just could not stop scoring with it. So something that I thought he would push for bonus points against Negron. I didn't think he would get a tech fall that early in the third period against Negron. Yeah. So the Cyclones up to number three, no matter what service you look at in the dual rankings, highest ranking for them since 2010 when they were number two from wire to wire. So definitely good signs coming out of Ames right now. For sure. For sure. That's, that's really good. Um, some other results here, Oklahoma uh, picked up a win at Edinburgh. Um, there were some wild matches in that one. Yeah. Yeah. That, especially that 141 pound match between Moshe Schwartz and Eamon Ole only lasted a minute 35. And I think there were 20 points scored in it. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. That, that was a big one. Uh, um, definitely some, some toss ups here, you know, Jacob Butler put a loss on the board, Darian Roberts put a loss on there. Um, so not, not exactly the best results for Oklahoma, but, but making the trip out to, to Edinburgh and getting the win um, definitely doesn't hurt uh, for, for that program. Uh, South Dakota state had their um, or South Dakota state and California Baptist had their tri dual uh, out in Riverside. Um, you know, some, some interesting results there. South, South Dakota state, you know, beat Cal Baptist in North Northern Illinois. Um, uh, and then uh, Cal Baptist, uh, lost both duels, but kept it pretty close to Northern Illinois there, 2015 loss. Um, uh, some, some interesting results here. Um, the Cal Baptist 157 uh, picked up a, a – I'm sorry, 165 picked up a, a win over uh, Isaac Olgenik, uh from Northern Illinois, who's, who's ranked pretty high these days. And then Olgenick goes out and um, – you know, beats Tanner Cook for, for South Dakota State. So kind of a wild uh, sequence there uh, at those duels. But uh, otherwise, you know, dominance from South Dakota State, which we're kind of starting to come to expect, aren't we? Yeah. And then just to get back to that win for Frank Almagauer for Cal Baptist, you know, uh, Isaac Olgenek was ranked number nine at the time in the country, and he only dropped to 13 because he gets the win over Cook. So a really good wrestler. That's got to be one of the best wins that we've seen this season from Cal Baptist so far. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, a great win for them. And, and uh, you know, that program's just going to keep building on itself. I know they had some bad news over the break, but uh, um, they're just going to keep building it up out there. And uh, I think they got a couple commitments from some kids from Oklahoma. So, uh, Big 12 wrestling in California is going to be a thing again, uh, you know, uh, in spite of Fresno State's uh, best effort to to end that. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> uh, you and I at Missouri, um, we expected this to be a big one, and it was. It was a good duel. Um, didn't exactly have some of the matchups that we were hoping to get out of it, though. Um, with uh, Missouri taking the win, twenty-four to twelve. Um, however, uh, some of the better wrestlers set uh, at 141, Kale Happel set for you and I, and 165, uh, Keegan O'Toole set for Missouri, um, and then at 174, um, the normal starting set for for you and I. So didn't yep. quite get the uh, some of the matches that we were looking forward to, and then of course uh, um, Jarrett JQs. Uh, set at 157 as well. Yep. So, and Connor Brown at 133 for Mizzou. 
not not exactly the um, duel we thought it would be, uh, but to the credit of both of these programs, they've wrestled a lot this year and they've wrestled some tough matches. Um, it it there has to be legitimate reasons that they set all of those guys because I don't think they would have deprived uh, you know Missouri fans from that those matches just for seeding or or ranking protection or anything like that. I'm sure there were some uh, injuries that they're nursing coming off of the holiday tournaments. And um, yeah, I'm sure they'll both be back to full strength soon. Yeah, that I will. I do want to highlight at 149 that Brock Mahler versus Colin Rail Buto match was three to one in favor of Mahler. And that was a phenomenal match. <laughs> Mahler got so close to taking Rail Buto down and it was always like right at the buzzer in the first two periods. Mm-hmm. And then in the, so they, I think they reviewed at each of the first two periods and said no takedown. And then the third period he gets it and they call it and they go to review it again and they do confirm that he got the takedown. And this is where, you know how in college wrestling, if they review it, they go back to the start of the sequence. Yes. It was, uh, I think they initially called no takedown and then awarded the takedown. So with 0.1 seconds left on the clock. So it was kind of comical to see the wrestlers have to go back out and then finish the match with 0.1 seconds. And real Buto was just like, what do I even try here? I, right. how, how am I supposed to do anything? So one of <laughs> the, sure. uh, just kind of a obscure byproduct of that rule. And <laughs> then, uh, let's see, what was the other one I wanted to hit heavyweight Zach Elam and Tyrell Gordon was a great match. I think so. Elam gets the win in sudden victory, but Tyrell Gordon proved to me that he is a contender in the big 12 at this heavyweight weight class. For sure. Gordon's long and, and and knows how to use his leverage here. I mean, and Elam is as well, right? Like they're very similar heavyweight wrestlers. So um, it, it was a great match. Uh, Elam getting the take down there in sudden victory um, sealed it, but it was one-to-one going in to sudden victory. So, um, you know, th- those two guys are, are probably on a collision course at the big 12s. Big tw- heavyweight at big 12s is, is turned into a it's pretty gonna be really fun. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun between these two. Uh, Skyler, uh, Nevels, um, you know, there, there's White Hendrickson. Hendrickson, of course, White Hendrickson, which we'll talk about here in a bit. Um, and then, uh, you know, Rocky Elam is a guy, he, he really kind of separated himself again here. Uh, Noah Glasser is a, a very um, solid wrestler, not somebody that you put up a lot of points on, and and, uh, and Elam uh, picked up a major here, 10 to 2. So um, he's kind of separating himself from the chaff here in the Big 12 at 197. So, uh, Good, good win for him. Good win for Missouri overall. Um, again, hopefully we see some of these matchups that we were expecting uh, at Big 12s uh, later on down the line. Um, so um, interesting stuff. Hopefully they all get healed up, though, and uh, move forward. Um, let's see. What else? Then we've you want to get the OSUs or the Backyard Brawl next? The OSUs. Uh, yeah, we can, we can spend a little bit of time on the OSUs. Uh, you know, kind of the opposite of the um, uh, Iowa State duel here, you know, it started at 149 pounds with two really solid and decent wins for Oklahoma State. Uh, Voinovich picking up the major and, and G. Fillon picking up the decision. Um, in a really close match for that Oregon State's Isaiah Crosby, but then uh, Oregon State put Oklahoma State on their heels here with uh, four straight wins. Uh, Matt Olwin beating Wyatt Sheets, Aaron almost picking up the big upset over Dustin Plott. 
which then got it got me sweating a little bit. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I was like, I this is not good. Like you needed uh, 174 because it was going to be a little bit closer than I initially anticipated. Yep. Um, Trey Munoz uh, defeated Travis Whitlake, and then Tanner Harvey beat Luke Serber. So it was like, oh, like this is not necessarily going the Pokes' way. Uh, but then Connor Doucet picked up the win, and then you needed uh, Trevor Master Giovanni, uh, and then of course Carter Young to kind of put the pro put put the team on their backs here and 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 make it happen because you needed those two guys to win. You knew Dayton Picks was going to win, and they had really tough opponents. Uh, Mastro taking on Brandon Kaler, All American from last year, a guy that is expecting to get on the podium again for Oregon State, um, really the leader for their team. And Master went out there and he wrestled a really tough, um, you know, strategic match, got the first takedown, got out from on bottom, which has been something he struggled in, struggled with this year. So uh, wrestled a smart match there, kept Kaler off of his legs and uh, picked up the win. Um, Dayton Fix, you know, did Dayton Fix things, picked up the major decision over uh, Jason Shaner, who's a ranked wrestler, very solid 133 pounder. And then Carter Young um, picked up a, a 6-2 decision over, uh, Cleveland Belton, who's number 22 in the country, ranks higher than Carter Young. Um, but uh, uh, Carter, again, um, uh, you know, he wrestled really smart. He was able to get an early takedown, uh, uh, get out from on bottom in the second period, and then uh, put the match on ice in the third period with a couple of takedowns. So um, very solid match from Carter Young. Really nice to see those two, uh, you know, step up there because, quite frankly, they were matches that I was uh, – expecting Oregon state to win. So that's why yeah. the, the upsets uh, at 174 and then uh, the loss at 197 kind of put me on the edge of my seat there for that one. So um, good win for uh, Oklahoma state. Uh, and then, you know, exciting stuff happening there for uh, Chris Pendleton, Oregon state. Yeah. Props to Oregon state. I saw they had over 6,000 people at that dual meet, which, you know, I think, You've talked about as an Oklahoma State fan, you kind of expect other teams to set attendance records when you're in town, but that's a big number for a program up in the Northwest there. For sure, you know, and that's really credit to to Pendleton and what he's building there and and getting that community rallied with him. I know he is interested in um, making sure that youth wrestlers in Washington and Oregon look at um, Oregon State first, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, Idaho and Montana and, and Northern California and uh, Utah, right? Like, th- there's a healthy wrestling community up there. You can go listen to the Dynasty Defined podcast. I interviewed Chris Pelton last week, and uh, and we talk about that. So um, kudos to him for sure. And then, of course, yeah, I mean, Oklahoma State's a draw. Um, you know, Stanford did it last year. Uh, Rutgers filled their building for the first time with Oklahoma State. Uh you know, University of Pennsylvania has filled up their building with us, Lehigh has. Like, so it's kind of just that thing that that happens. But, um, you know, it definitely makes environments hard. And I think that might have been happening here at uh, at their building. And uh, uh, some, of, some of the Oklahoma State guys need to, um, you know, make sure to um, not let the crowd affect them and, and get better in some of those places. So, um Good, good matchup for Oregon State and Oklahoma State. Hopefully, Oregon State continues to improve. Um, uh, that it was exciting to see them do really well for sure. Um, you know, even at the expense of the Cowboys, uh, it's good for the sport. <laughs> um, 
And yeah, as you mentioned, backyard ball brawl, uh, West Virginia at Pittsburgh. Uh, they they made the hour and a half drive up from Morgantown to Kent and uh, renewed their uh, primary rivalry here. And uh, um, you called it, you know, last week. West Virginia's got a good chance, and they went out there and they picked up uh, Tim Flynn's 250th career win as a coach. Yeah, so that's a big win for West Virginia. I know both these athletic departments really care about beating each other. Uh, they haven't been in the same conference for a while, but that rivalry certainly has not dampered down, especially with the renewing of, you know, wrestling is hitting and football being back, I think amps it up even more. So really cool. And then for it to be a milestone win for Flynn is good. And it actually elevated West Virginia is up into the top 20 in, I forget which poll I saw, but I know they're in some dual rankings. So that's really good for a program that hasn't been on that level for a while. And Uh, this is what happens when when the Pin Twelve podcast guys start asking, "What the heck is going on with West Virginia?" <laughs> yeah, they get it together. You figure it out. So, yeah, really good for them. Yeah, <laughs> and so what? Really, twenty four to eleven too. I mean, this duel, the what everyone's got to jump to. I think we have we'd be remiss if we didn't mention this right away. Jordan Titus goes in there and takes out Cole Matthews in a three to one match, and. <laughs> I, I'll be honest, I thought West Virginia would win this duel. I did not think they would do it by beating Cole Matthews. For sure. I mean, the number one wrestler at 141 pounds, uh, Titus is very good. He has had a, has had a good season. And, uh, um, but as you said, you know, de- definitely didn't expect him to go and, and beat Matthews on his home mat. Um, uh, really, really good win. Uh, for that young man and 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 really a, a tone setter for for them at this weight i mean now now you have to really talk about the red shirt freshman um being a contender at 141 pounds in the big 12 yeah if you can knock off guys of that caliber and especially i mean i know we've talked ad nauseum about how wide open 141 is this year so that just adds to the depth of that weight class in the big 12 and that started off a run of three matches here where west virginia was winning two-point matches and that's really what sealed the deal the dual meet they get that 3-1 win where titus scored late to get the Go ahead, take down Sammy Hilagas at 149 gets a 2-0 sudden victory win over Tyler Badgett. And then at 157, Alex Hornfeck gets a 3-1 decision over Dan Machini. And then you get into 165 for West Virginia. That means Peyton Hall, sort of the head mountaineer out there. He gets a pin in three minutes and 43 seconds to beat Holden Heller, who has had a pretty decent season for Pitt, one of their better wrestlers there at 165 national qualifier for Hofstra a couple of years ago. Yeah. You know, it's just a solid run there for the Mountaineers uh, and Titus really kicked it off. Going back to him for just a second. um, It's even more surprising that he picked up this win over Matthews when you look at his results Uh, and and you have to kind of wonder, you know, how, how much did the um, uh, rivalry play into it? Because, you know, he, against similar, caliber wrestlers. He got pinned in the first period against Andrew Alirez. He got majored by Alan Hart. Right. So um, thinking back on it, you know, there, there would be, there were no signs that he had the tools to beat a guy like um, Matthews, but then uh, that's why you go wrestle the matches. That's why you don't do it on paper. And he, he must've been fired up. There must've been um, uh, somebody said something to him somewhere. Yeah. Where, 
just he, not taking a backseat to anybody. He did it, and he went out and, and wrestled a great match and uh, picked up that win. It wasn't fluky at all. I mean, he got a takedown and then defended him, but for um, a match, right? So, I mean, it was, a, it was a good win, great win, great win for him. And, uh, um, you know, going back to the other results, uh, they split the upper weights. Uh, you know, Brody Conley picked up a loss at 174. Anthony Carmen, uh, yeah, beat Reese Heller. Uh, Brian That's a good win for him. Yeah, great win, uh, seven to two as well. So pretty dominant decision. Um, uh, they lost one ninety seven, which you kind of need to expect there with you know Bonacorsi, uh, you know, runner up a couple of years ago, uh, multi time All American at this rate. Um, and then Michael Wolfgram uh, picked up a big win for himself too. He's kind of had an up and down season at heavyweight for the Mountaineers. So good to see him come out on top there. Yeah, absolutely. So props to West Virginia, and that's got to be their biggest win. Or it, well, it's their premier dual meet so far this year. So definitely a good win for them. Absolutely. Um, so going into the uh, this coming weekend schedule, there are a lot of duels. Uh, there's a, it's a it's a quantity, uh, not so much quantity weekend for the Big Twelve. Um, so we're not going to do any picks this weekend, but. And we're not going to run match by match on any of them, um, but we are going to pick out just some highlight uh, matchups uh, over these duels. So um, we might as well just start at the top here on uh, Thursday. Um, there is a tri duel at uh, Stanford between Cal Baptist, Stanford, and North Dakota State. So two Big Twelve teams involved there. Yeah. So Cal Bapp and Stanford in that duel, you got to look to 125 with Eli Griffin taking on Nico Provo. Provo had a really good Southern scuffle and Griffin, you know, made some noise. Him and Hunter Leak both made some noise in that trip out to Iowa with their performances against the Cyclones and against the Hawkeyes. And then they've been a bit quiet since, uh, you know, they haven't been quite that high up in their quality of performances. So this would be a chance for Eli Griffin to get back on the horse against Nico Provo. Eli Griffin's definitely had a rough, uh, well, he didn't wrestle at all in December. So uh, not sure what's going on there, but uh, probably good to get back on it. And yeah, it's a tough matchup there with Provo, the third place finisher at the scuffle. So um, that's definitely the interesting matchup there for in North Dakota State and Stanford. Um, there are a few more. I think it really starts with uh, Kelly March and uh, Jade Navis. That's a, a really interesting matchup there at 100 and um, what, 40, 41 pounds, 49 pounds. Yep, 149 there. And then you follow that up at 157, Jared Franick and Cardenas. Uh, did Cardenas get third at the scuffle as well? Cardenas did not get third at the scuffle. Um, he had a good scuffle, I know. Yeah, he did. He he must have, I think he must have lost to Wyatt Sheets in the third place bout. Um, so still, Franick, you know, is on a tear this year so far. He's having, he's having a great season. His long loss coming to Jerry Jenkins, who had one of his good days. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm confusing Cardenas and, and Franick here. Sorry. Um, Franick hasn't lost since the North Dakota state Nebraska duel. So, um, you know, he's having a great season and, and has picked up a lot of great wins and, and definitely, uh, um, going to be an interesting one there uh, for sure. I'm going to have to edit 
so much of that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I totally lost my mind there. No, that's fine. <laughs> And then at 165, you've got Mikey Caliendo taking on Shane Griffith. That's got to be the featured match of the duel, in my opinion. Southern Scuffle rematch. It was only a 3-2 match in the Southern Scuffle finals. And Caliendo got really close to turning him when Griffith took down. So I'm interested to see what the tactics are going to be there as well. For sure. I, you know, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't necessarily surprise me to see Griffith sit this one out um, with the way that college wrestling is nowadays. Um, but if they go, yeah, you know, what did Griffith learn from his feel on Caliendo? And then what did Caliendo learn, more importantly? He, you know, he knows he can do it. So um, definitely an interesting matchup there. I'm, I'm excited to watch that one. Uh, it's going to be on the Pac-12 uh, network, whatever. Uh, you'll be able to stream it. It's kind of complicated. If you need a subscription, uh, you can do a seven-day free trial on Fubo TV, and that'll get you set up you can also open it in an incognito tab wow okay little pro cool. tip there for you perfect uh that is uh um, at least at least that works for some of the pac 12 meets i've watched already this year they got some tech nerds out at stanford they might have that uh <laughs> thousand level iq move figured out by now you know that's something that I, the the tool i sell for a living uh, helps with that kind of thing so um, i am not going to call pac 12 <laughs> um uh, on Friday, we have a full slate. I mean, it, it, there is all day wrestling, um, namely the Virginia duels, but we're going to start here uh, with uh, West Virginia's visiting Tennessee Chattanooga. Um, uh, whoever is at 174 pounds for uh, the uh, Mountaineers is going to be taking on former Ohio State wrestler and, and top 20 uh, wrestler Rocky Jordan at this weight. So that, that should be an interesting matchup, uh, a good opportunity for um, one of those young guys, either either Joel or Conley there at uh, Scott Joel or, or uh, Brody Conley there at West Virginia to, to pick up a good win. Yeah. So Conley, you know, had that really good Midlands performance and then ended up taking a three, two loss in that pit duel. See if he gets the call again or, if he does, then if he can bounce back against a good wrestler for Chattanooga, kind of take out who is the face of their program this year. Absolutely. Um, at seven o'clock on Flow Wrestling, Cal Poly is uh, taking on Air Force, um, and Air Force has a couple of matches here on Friday. They're they're taking on Cal Poly and then Missouri as well. So um, in that Cal Poly match, uh, it looks like the most interesting matchup is going to be between uh, Tucker. Owens and Antonio Lorenzo at 125 pounds. Yeah. Lorenzo's got some good wins. He took out Eli Griffin uh, for a while was Eli Griffin's only loss. And he, you know, I think he dropped a match here back, but he was up in the top 12 in the rankings. So that's the premier one there. I guess you've also got uh, Martinez against Dom Demas, former big 12 wrestler. So that one could be fun too. For sure. Uh, Dom Demas seems to have uh, improved a little bit since going out to St. Louis Obispo, which, uh, you know, nice views and sunny weather. Uh, I think overnight. my life also might improve if I spent yeah. my winters in San Luis Obispo. Yeah, for sure. So uh, it, it's a, it's slightly better than Norman, Oklahoma, but, uh, you know, we, we're not here to comment on that. Um, 
but uh, that's that's an interesting one for sure. Martinez has been around a long time. Uh, it would be a nice one for him for sure. Um, the the real matchup there for Air Force though comes in that Missouri duel. Wyatt Hendrickson getting a shot at uh, old Zach Elam. Yeah, man. I mean, and I don't think these two have wrestled before. Correct me if I'm wrong, Lee, but that would be the first time those two hit. And for them to be some of the top wrestlers at heavyweight in the Big 12 over the past couple of years, that's definitely a match I want to see. Definitely. They're the one and two seed at Big 12s last year. Uh, Luke Serber upset Elam in the semifinals and then uh, got to wrestle. Hendrickson there in the finals. Um, so I'm sure I'm sure Elam wants his shot at Hendrickson. Um, might be a case of being being careful what you wish for here. because uh, Hendrickson again is on a tear. You know, he's he's got a by his standards low bonus percentage this season, but it's still at seventy two percent. So uh uh it's it's going to be a fun. That's going to be a fun one for sure. They're very similar wrestlers. Hendrickson, obviously very strong, um, is is uh, um, technically very sound. So I'm excited to watch that one for sure. It's on Flow Wrestling. Uh, it's 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 worth the uh, um, the price of of admission there. Yeah. Then up the road, also at seven o'clock on Flow Wrestling, you've got Northern Colorado hosting the Cal Bakersfield Roadrunners and. I think Northern Colorado is going to kind of run away with this dual meet. They've really looked pretty strong uh, against other, uh, you know, programs with similar funding, I guess. Maybe that's a good way to put that. Um, and so one match I want to see there is Jace Colzer up at 133 this year. National qualifier last year has not really had as good of a season so far this year, taking on Chance Rich. And Rich is also a national qualifier. So this would be. Uh, sort of a resume builder for Jace Colzer if he can get a wrestler, go up and take out someone that's ranked higher than him. Absolutely. Then we then we've got the uh, the Friday slate of the Virginia duels. So um, uh, the first one here, there's two Big Twelve teams in action: uh, Oklahoma and South Dakota State. Um, so Oklahoma uh, gets a pretty big duel here uh, to start things off. Ten thirty a.m. on Friday. On Flow Wrestling, uh, they're taking on the Maryland Terrapins. Um, some interesting matches there, for sure. Uh, you want to walk us through uh, what what you think is uh, going to be interesting? In yeah, so we talked about Maryland a little bit in our Southern Scuffle preview. And one of those matches, I guess the two I'm most excited about kind of booking this duel, and that's Joey Prado versus Braxton Brown at 125, and then Josh Heinzelman versus Jaron Smith at 285. So those are the ones I'd like to keep an eye on. Maryland just had a really close duel with Indiana. I think Maryland is sitting around like number 18 in the duel rankings. So that'd be a good win for Oklahoma to get. And I I mean, I'm biased because I'm a Big 12 guy, obviously, but I think Oklahoma's going to do it. I think they've got a really good chance. I'm I'm digging through this, and I, I really like um, uh, I really like Oklahoma at 33, 41, 49. Um, 57 know. should be a good one. North has good not one. looked as good lately, and I I'm a Jacob Butler guy for sure. 65, uh, you got to like Oklahoma there. 74, you got to like Oklahoma. 184. So I mean, really, you're running through this, and you like Oklahoma and all of them except for, you know, probably. Um, 
97 and, and, and 125. And 125 is a great matchup between uh, Prada and Brown. I, Brown's going to want to put himself on the map there against Prada. Um, this is probably one of his big biggest matches uh, so far. You know, uh, he, He's had some decent opportunities, um, but he, he hasn't necessarily hit anybody uh, in the top 20 like uh, Prada is. So um, he, he's going to be looking... To, to make some noise with that one uh, before Big Ten duels start. Uh, yeah. I've had Indiana. Yeah, and so a big day for Heinzelman at heavyweight, I think, because he's got Ty Gaidali of Campbell in the second OU duel of Friday out there at Virginia Duels. That one's at 130, and Campbell's got some solid guys, you know, in the 133 through one 133, 141, I think 125 have all been national qualifiers, SoCon champs, so definitely not uh, slack in there, but I still like OU to win that duel steadily. Definitely, you know, OU is expected to win win against teams like Campbell. Campbell's very solid. They're tough um, wrestlers, and they'll probably pull a couple upsets. But ultimately, OU should be able to to pick up the win there. Uh, South Dakota State on day one, their first one is against Navy. Um, you know, you've got. It, a couple of good matchups here between our for Keg King and, and, uh, and Neville's as well. Yeah. Keg King would be taking on David key. Who's been a uh, mainstay in that Navy lineup. And then Neville's taking on set to take on Grady Grice. And he's been a really strong performer at heavyweight out there for Navy. I know they've got blaze Cabell is a, on staff and he was a heavyweight for Northern Iowa. So they got some big 12 flavor, Although I don't think Cabell ever wrestled in the Big 12. I think he was in the MAC for his whole career. But uh, you and I alum, and he's got, I mean, Cabell's someone who I think he missed NCAAs his senior year because he had mono or something, but ended up having a strong freestyle career, knocked off one of the rushing greats out there at Schultz, I remember. So, so definitely some uh, good uh, folk style. Uh, Big 12, you know, sort of UNI style influence there. And then they've got, of course, Kerry Colot at the head of the program for Navy. So pretty intense uh, fits fitting for the Navy. Definitely. You know, Navy is going to be tough. Like the service academies just are, you know, they may not have the most talent, um, which I think is going to start, the tide's going to start changing on that one is uh, you realize that every, every, uh, if you go there, you're on full scholarship. So <laughs> yeah. that, that might start uh, picking up steam as they start getting and keeping coaches like Kevin Ward and uh, Kerry Kolot. I mean, those are those are really solid coaches. Kolot's um, a name brand. So I uh, had a shoe, didn't he? Uh, so, you know, if you had a shoe, then... Had a legendary shoe. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a sneaker guy, but I know some of you are. Oh, I had a pair of collats. I actually just sold them to a kid from my high school this year. So lovely. Yeah, yeah, gotta gotta love gotta love that market, the the used wrestling shoe market. <laughs> um uh South Dakota State's also taking on Kent State here. Uh and Kent State, um they have some good wrestlers this season. They're not ranked. Uh they, it it should be a pretty handy duel there for uh, South Dakota State, but uh, uh, Tanner Jordan's got his hands full here with Jake Ferry. Uh, Ferry's always been a, a really good wrestler, somebody who's been pretty consistent in his career for Kent, for the Flash. Yeah, Flash 
whatever their mascot is. Golden Flash, I believe. Golden Flash. Can't, I, I always just heard can't read, can't write, can't state, right? <laughs> um, that's, that was the motto for the Ohioans that I've known. But uh, uh, Ferry's had a solid career. You know, he, he qualified in 2021. Um, uh, somebody that uh, Tanner Jordan is going to have to uh, show up against. Yeah, and then also on Friday, don't want to miss – uh, Utah Valley hosting you and I, I think Utah Valley's duels are on the university's YouTube channel. So free there, easy to find, just search it in, get your live stream and Utah Valley fun atmosphere to watch in their little gym out there. Crowd really seems engaged. I think I'm sure they will be as they host the Panthers. 133 is where I have my eyes. Kyle Biscaglia taking on Hayden Drury. Drury actually took him to sudden victory last time they wrestled. So Definitely uh, the premier matchup of that duel. For sure. And Utah Valley's um, commentary crew is, is solid. They're always on their game and, and do really well. Um, all right. So then three, two, one. Virginia duels pick back up on Saturday here. Um, some other tough matches here. Oklahoma gets Ohio. Um, you know, the Bobcats are up and down program. Yeah, they are. But they're also with Kent State and Ohio. Ohio is a great wrestling state. So those Mac schools will pick up some wrestlers that kind of slide under the radar. And a lot of times it's just gritty kids that come out of nowhere and knock off big name guys. I've got my eyes on 149 there with Mitch Moore taking on Alec Hagan for the Bobcats. That's going to be the premier uh, match of the meet. And in Oklahoma's second duel, they get Navy. So... Uh, SCSU and uh, Oklahoma taking on the same teams uh, on each day, just not wrestling each other yet. So Oklahoma versus Navy, 149, you've got, or 141, you've got Moshe Schwartz versus uh, Coderhant of Navy, who's another one of those. We talk about Air Force having these guys who their names stick around forever, and Coderhant's one of those guys for Navy. And then for SDSU, they get Campbell to start out with on Saturday. So 184, a big weekend for Kay King. He's got Caleb Hopkins, who made a run in the 2021 national tournament. And then Nevels gets Ty Gaidali at heavyweight. So uh Gaidali, you know, I know he had Sam Skyler earlier this season. He's gotten he's getting some of the Big 12's best heavyweights. For sure. I you know, good <laughs> big big match big weekend for a lot of these guys i think Cade king is definitely somebody who needs to be tested here um so so good on them for getting in these tests and um we'll see what he's able to pull off here for sure yeah and then in that sdsu versus ohio duel at 157 kale swenson and he's had a really good season so far. He'll be taking on Peyton Keller, who I could definitely see competing for a MAC title out there and then qualifying for the national tournament for the Bobcats. So 157 is the one to keep an eye on in that duel. And I think we hit all of the Virginia duels now, Lee. Wonderful. Virginia duels, uh, that seems like a pretty int- intense event. Um, uh, one that would be tough to live tweet for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, Saturday's got some more matchups here. Uh, good one for uh, Missouri. They're they're taking their Rocky Mountain trip here, um, but they're they're going out to Laramie, Wyoming, and and taking on the Cowboys uh, at altitude. So um, some interesting matchups have kind of popped up, haven't they? With uh, 
Uh, Joe Greenwood having a really good season. Uh, how's he going to stand up against Alan Hart? Yeah, I mean, I, if he wrestles like he did against Happel, then I think he is set to really make that an interesting match. And then hopefully we see Jarrett Jack Hughes back against Jacob Wright and see where both those wrestlers are sitting at with Wright taking the unexpected loss to Holschlag and then uh, Jack Hughes taking, you know, stepping back on the mat, hopefully. For sure. I think I, I'm, I know these two are familiar, familiar with each other. I think Wright's definitely going to be looking to um, redeem his loss and, and get a better start here for uh, himself and his um, last season that, you know, Jack Hughes is one that, uh, uh, he's been able to be before, and I'm, I'm sure he'll be able to um, do it again. It's going to be an interesting matchup. But again, it, it all depends on which Jared J.K. shows up, as <laughs> always, yeah. with that. Um, Iowa State, you say you're going to get the, the Utah Valley commentators for your Cyclones. Yeah, absolutely. Late Saturday night, this one doesn't have first whistle until 9 p.m. Central time. So it's going to be the hot thing to do out there in Utah. and. Got to look at 133 again, Hayden Drury taking on whoever Iowa State sends out, whether it's Adesayev or Redding. I think it'll be a really good match and something to keep an eye on. And then 174, Demetrius Romero versus Julian Broderson. Broderson had a really good week, uh, a really good performance last weekend in both of his matches. So hope to see that one. And Romero's kind of a question mark with... Uh, you know, how healthy is he? He's been around forever. He's had really good peaks in his career, but we don't really have a clue where he's at right now. He hasn't really wrestled in two years, right? So, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely a question mark. Uh, um, hopefully we do see him, but uh, I, I don't I don't know if I can count on it. I, I, but it's in that time where he needs to get matches in uh, or else he's not going to um, qualify. Not going to get an allocation, yeah. Yeah. So, so then uh, sticking with the YouTube, Cal Baptist also does streams their duels on YouTube. So any home duel for them, you can watch for free, which I appreciate. And they get NDSU, uh, both of them heading up to Stanford on Thursday and then later in the weekend, making the trip back to Riverside. And 133, I'm looking at Hunter Leak versus McGuire Midkiff. Midkiff uh, strung together a couple good matches at the Southern Scuffle and Hunter Leak. Uh, we talked about Eli Griffin earlier peaking on that Iowa trip. Leak did the same thing. So I'd like to see where he is at right now. Uh, similar to how I want to see where Demetrius Romero is at right now. For sure. Um, interesting matches. Uh, you know, Cal Baptist, I'm, I'm curious to see how they um, do as Big 12 duels come up. NDSU is a tough one. It's one that they probably aren't going to uh, really come close in, but then you know, they've got to start building momentum for uh, Utah Valley, Air Force, Wyoming. Um, you know, those are duels that they should be a little bit closer in. I'm curious to see how they start building that momentum in their season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then you get Air Force. They get a lot of dual meet action this weekend. They get Cal, Cal, Back, Cal State Bakersfield, excuse me there. And 133, you've got Cody Fippen versus Chance Rich. Uh, like I said earlier, Rich is a really good wrestler. So want to see where Fippen's at. And then Sam Wolf versus Urias for Bakersfield. And Urias won that one in Sudden Victory last time. That should be a good match in that dual meet. Absolutely. Air Force, th- those guys are, are so tough. So uh, I'm excited to see them wrestle um, against these Bakersfield guys that are having really good seasons, uh, as you just mentioned. Um, Cal 
Pauly uh, is visiting Northern Colorado. Uh, yeah, so, that should be a really tight duel, I think. Absolutely. Cal Poly, both programs really on the come up. So um, definitely curious to see how this one turns out. There are some really interesting matchups here. Uh, um, namely, you know, starting off, uh, Steve O'Poolin and and, uh, and uh, Lorenzo. Uh, yeah. It's an interesting well, match. Antonio yeah, we already Lorenzo. talked about Antonio Lorenzo and Steve O'Poolin had the sixth place finish at the scuffle. Uh, I believe made the semis. And so that'll be a, that would be a good win for him. And then at 149, I'm not really sure who's the guy at 149 for Northern Colorado right now. It could be Sandoval who's been there forever. It could be Benji Alanis who had a good scuffle and either way they're going to be taking on Dom Demas. So a very challenging matchup for them. You know, really they should just bump, uh, um, Aliris and let, let him take Demas. <laughs> that would be a great match. I would love yeah. to see that one. Let's get some eyeballs on it, right? Um, yeah. If it's on Flow Wrestling, they should be able to make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. So that one, like you said, on Flow Wrestling at 3 o'clock at noon on Sunday on ESPN+. Plus, We've got the Pokes heading out to New York City. Yeah, the big city. Uh, so um, definitely an interesting uh, matchup here uh, for the Cowboys. Um, you know, the NYC RTC is full of Oklahoma State guys. It's the head coaches, Kendall Cross, and they, are, they have that relationship with uh, – Columbia. So um, Columbia came to Stillwater last year, and uh, this is the return trip. And in the, I think Columbia is the oldest wrestling program uh, oh, in really? the country. I didn't um, know that. Yeah, and I, and, and I don't think that Oklahoma State and Columbia have had many duels on the right on the books. So um, that's why they kicked this thing off. Plus the relationship there with Kendall Cross, and uh, you know, definitely. Um, uh, some interesting matchups here. I know you put down uh, Sheets and Ogun Sanya. I'm really interested in uh, Carter Young and Matt Casimir. Um, you know, Casimir beat Young last season, uh, six to one, and it's that experience versus youth thing. But then Carter's had a, a not a bad season, quite frankly. Um, but he's starting to kind of pick it back up. He has the win over Berglund. He has the win over uh, at Cleveland last week. Um, this would be another way for him to start building that momentum up and, and start redeeming his season uh, in his true sophomore year, right? Um, and Casimir would be a great way to start that. Um, so so that's one that uh, is definitely interesting. And then you highlighted uh, Sheets and Joshua Gonsanya. Um I'm always curious. I, I think we brought this up before, but I don't know uh, – what the Ogunsanias do in their household that uh, produce these young men. But uh, um, I, I'd like, I'd like to know a little bit more about them. Uh, one at Columbia, one at West Point. Yeah. And both really good wrestlers for those Very programs. Good. So really fun to watch too. So I'm a big fan of that matchup. And then at 174, I want to see how Dustin Plot bounces back from that surprise loss at Oregon state taking on Lennox Wolak and Wolak split with Ethan Smith earlier this year. Really, that's where he put his name on the map. So uh, I think that'll be a good one. For sure. Another opportunity here to, to do the same, to, to put his name, keep his name on the map, right? So, so plot yeah. and, and plot, um, you know, it, it's that question, was was the loss at Oregon State a good loss, right? In, in which it, cha- it shifts his mindset and he's able to, um, you know, go pick up some wins uh, in you know, had an inside track to a two seed. Um, don't know if that's the case anymore. Uh, but now, how do you go get the three or four seed? 
Um, you do that by going undefeated, winning the Big 12. And uh, it starts here against a really good wrestler in Woolat. Yeah, and props to Columbia. They're already in the EIWA, but they're, this will be their fourth duel will be against Oklahoma State. Their other three this year are Ohio State, Michigan, and Pittsburgh. So definitely not backing down from anybody. No, good for that. I, I mean, and that's exciting to see. You know, wrestling in New York City, um, in the Ivy League, all that other stuff. Columbia is one of those programs that uh, we need to keep around and um, hopefully they continue to build upon this and, and continue to get better. Uh, I, I'm really excited to see, um, you know, how, how that crowd looks really uh, in New York and, um, you know, how, how they can build upon this kind of thing and uh, continue getting these big dual meets. So uh, pretty cool stuff. You know, I know they're EIWA and this is not an EIWA program or podcast, but uh um, definitely, uh, um, exciting to see some of the smaller programs really, um, making sure to host, uh, these programs like Oklahoma state and Michigan, who are certainly anytime, anywhere types. Um, and then of course, Iowa state's the same way they'll go anywhere. Uh, um, you and I is the same way. So I, I think that, uh, it's good to see big 12 programs. It, it's nice to see, uh, them still wanting to wrestle and, and make sure that they go uh, get these challenges and, and take these interesting trips. So uh, that should be a fun one. Uh, but ultimately it's going to be a great weekend of wrestling, uh, tons of big 12 action and uh, definitely uh, going to be a lot to keep up with for, uh, for us. Uh, um, I think we'll do our best to uh, uh, help y'all follow along on Twitter. They're at pin 12 pod. Uh, make sure to go follow that. And then, um, between now and then make sure to let us know if there's any interesting big 12 happenings. Uh, we're, we're definitely, uh, uh, we do our best to keep up with all of it, but sometimes things slip through the cracks. So, uh, make sure to let us know what you think and, uh, um, give us, give us some, uh, things to talk about. So Sam, do you have anything that you want to leave us out on? No, I'm just excited. It looks like anytime I want to watch wrestling between Thursday night and Sunday night, (laughs) there's some big 12 wrestling on to be watched. Absolutely. That exciting, super exciting Saturday night, you know, nine o'clock, uh, Iowa State and Utah Valley. I think that is going to be a duel. So um, that's going to be a fun one for sure. I, I'll stay up for it. Um, well, great. Sam, as always, thank you. Thank you all for listening. Um, we'll uh, we'll be back next week to recap all this action. And then it just gets more intense from here. So um, we're excited to keep uh uh, bringing you all the news on this on Big 12 wrestling. It is truly uh, one of the most exciting um, wrestling conferences, and uh, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Absolutely. Thanks for listening.